It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. This is Heather Artist with Black Pearl Minute. How dare you? I go first. We have had a precedent for the last 83 episodes. By the way, I'm Scott Artist from scottartist.com. And Heather, I don't know what has gotten into you this week. And was it maybe last week? But you've been trying to hijack the show. No. And I think I'm going to maybe turn over the reins to you. You can do the introduction. You can do the minute breakdowns. I think I might like this, actually. Nope. So I'm waiting then. Get on with it. Do you have anything you're going to tell us as before we start? Any Any of that good stuff? That's what I thought. Thanks for joining us for Minute 84 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. Unlike Heather, I've actually been perusing this thing they call the internet. This internet fad thing. And the approaching Dead Men Tell No Tales release date means that all kinds of Pirates of the Caribbean news, press releases, and even, yeah, those planted stories are really flooding all the feeds. Headlines include Pirates of the Caribbean 5 could be Johnny Depp's first hit since Pirates of the Caribbean 4. Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales breathes life into Memorial Day box office with estimated $100 million debut. It's the best pirate film since the first one. Jeffrey Rush gushes over Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Orlando Bloom says a sixth Pirates of the Caribbean film could be on the cards. And if this sampling of headlines is correct, and the staying power and word of mouth boosts a movie to mega bucks beyond the opening weekend, looks like we might be in for some great pirate action over the next few years. Yes, pirate action! Obviously not including Pirates of the Caribbean minute, because that's just... Pirate action, great pirate action all the time. Exactly. Every day, practically. Except the weekends. Except on occasions. So imagine that plus this thing called Pirates of the Caribbean. I know it's not as good as Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, but it suffices. Might get you through the day. I'm not sure either. I'm just saying it will definitely be exciting. And there's a whole new ball game because we will be going in with a different perspective now that we have a show behind us. That's why I think we should probably see it twice before we release a review episode because it's always good to go in, at least that I believe, to go in and enjoy the first time. And then we can go back and maybe do more of a critical or scrutinizing eye deal on it. After the second time, we'll be able to minute by minute analyze it. <laughs> so you just want to, after seeing it for the second time, just go back from memory and minute by minute analyze it. Yeah, it'd be awful interesting. <laughs> it would be long <laughs> based on our current ones if we're averaging like 30 minutes of podcast and then you got all those. <laughs> Sit tight, folks. Grab gallons and gallons of water or whatever else you're drinking and settle in. This is going to be a long one. So she said. In the previous minute, Captain Jack Sparrow is escorted to his quarters. A lovely airy chamber complete with running water, secure locking door, rustic ambiance, and even a window with ocean view. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Enjoy your stay. Now let's raise the international symbol of peace. 
the Jolly Roger. We leave the vacationing Jack to join Will Turner and the Motley crew busily unloading the HMS Interceptor into the ocean. Yeah, it's no wonder they're eager to hit the shoals of the Caribbean. With Will Turner clamoring for a photo moment, climbs on the rigging and strikes a swashbuckler pose just in time to see the Black Pearl deploying the sweeps. Minute 84 begins with Will telling Marty not to dump the cannon overboard because they will need it. We pan out to an ocean-wide view. The Black Pearl is trailing the Interceptor and quickly closing the distance between the two ships. The minute ends with Sparrow looking through the hole in the hole. The oars slapping the water as the Pearl continues to gain on the Interceptor. Back aboard the fleeing ship, Gibbs says, The Pearl's gonna luff up on our... Dot dot dot. Did you have a particular place you wanted to start? Or if not, I mean, we can just go with Anna Maria, Gibbs, Will Turner conversation. I say we start with the conversation. Because well, it's quite then. interesting. Anna Maria tells Elizabeth that her plan to cruise the shoals and lighten the interceptor was a good one up until now. I think I'm a bit lost, though, as I didn't realize they even tried a maneuver there. Did they? Did it look like they did anything or did it look like they threw all their stuff overboard? They look back, the pearl breaks out the oars, and then they said it was a good one until now. They didn't have time. They didn't have time to do what? To get to the shoals. They didn't have time, so they just bypassed them or what? Or they're too no, far away? No, they're too far away from it. So they, they don't have time to They don't have the time to make it there. I thought for some reason they, they started, were closer. No, they started steering towards them. But they don't they don't have time to make it there because they can't outrun the they can't even stay away from the pearl, especially with them putting out their oars. But I think they do have time. I mean the whole point as I understood it was that the interceptor had a shallow draft. There were some shoals nearby. I thought they were fairly close by. It looked like they just kinda of turned their heads and they were right there. No, they're a little distance off. I mean, the assumption that I was making was that the Pearl did not have a shallow draft and thus the deep keel would not allow them to follow the Interceptor into the shallow water and they would get hung up on the reef. But you're saying they didn't have time to get there. Yeah, they don't have time to get to the reef. I don't know. They ran out of time. Are you sure? Yes. It just seemed like it was right there, though. It wasn't that close. Did anybody break out a telescope? I mean, because we got a pretty good view of it. Heather's Off done. in the distance. Off in the distance, she's kind of scratching her head. It wasn't on. Uh, it wasn't like ten feet away. Well, I didn't say it was ten feet away, but it's still going to take a bit for them to catch up. Obviously, not very long. Did you? I mean, see when it when. But it just seems like they ditched the plan as soon as they saw the oars come out. They didn't even give it a good college try, so to speak. They were too close at that point in time. I don't know. They weren't that close. I mean, they're close, but. Couldn't you just make your way there because they're not going to be able to they follow them? They wouldn't have them. made it. Oh, man. I don't know why they didn't try the plan. Just because they have the oars out, I mean, it doesn't raise the keel or any of that. And it does mean that they could just get out there and try it. Start going towards the shallows. They were. All right. They I thought they were make just it giving up. Time. But if the, you say they couldn't make it now. They couldn't make it in time. That's why they changed your plans. Okay. They well, knew they couldn't make it in time because the pearl was gaining too quickly. They weren't going to be able to make it. So that's why Will then decides it's just time to stand their ground. Yes. You like how Will made this decision? Well, that's what I was wondering. I was just thinking about that because now I'm wondering that they just spent all this time ditching all this stuff. And now is everybody wanting to smack Elizabeth Barbosa style for dumping all their cannonballs? No, because it was a good plan. It was a good plan up, up until, until now. now. But they didn't even have the sweeps out that long. I don't know. Okay. 
We'll just move on from that. So there the was, Black Pearl is a much quicker ship than the Interceptor. I know that's what they say, but they got to at least try. The Interceptor was supposedly the fastest ship out there. Did you not see the difference between the time Elizabeth looked I at did. the Black Pearl and the Will looked at the Black Pearl? I did see that it was coming on them. I was just saying, just kind of get on over there. I but think apparently it was too that's far not. away yet. Okay, I, I'll just go with that, I guess. Otherwise, they would have, because Anna Maria didn't like this plan. She didn't like the plan? She didn't seem to like this plan. But... This new plan. The new one to stay and fight? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If they if that was their options, everybody seems to be giving up a little too easily here. That's all I'm saying. If they were giving up a little too easy, wouldn't they put out a white flag and just well, give I mean, up on, to Barbosa? They gotta They got to get going here. For one thing... They don't have a motor. Gibbs and Anna... Well, actually, the Lady Washington does have a motor. They could have just turned it on, and then they wouldn't have to worry about it. I don't think they could, because they didn't have a motor on the Interceptor. Oh, the Interceptor. Yeah, they didn't have a motor on the Interceptor. But Gibbs and Anna Maria should have been coming up with some plans here. Not relying on Elizabeth, the shallow draft idea, and then Will Turner's... Let's go ahead and just stand and fight because that's what we might as well do. Gibbs and Anna Maria must not just must just not be quick thinkers. I don't know if they're Captain Material. <laughs> they're no Jack. Definitely not. Jack would have come up with a plan immediately. He would yeah. have had a plan already in place. He would have had A, B, C, D, and E. That's right. He would have had it all worked out. Actually, you're correct about that one. Oh well. So it sounds like I'm not going to win that one. Maybe I'm just going to move along then. I'm going to move along like a sad little dog and just tuck my robot tail between my legs. (laughs) Guess I'll move on to something nicer. The scene with both ships. And I brought it up in an earlier episode this week, but we are getting some much-deserved high-seas sailing scenes. I mean, after all, this is a pirate movie, so it should be expected. Yes. One of the ones I do like is this wide shot of the Interceptor being trailed by the Black Pearl. And it takes us off the ships. Actually, now that I think about it, there is still time when you see those ships. No. Okay, we're not going to go back. But it does take us off the ships and gives us that view as if we're floating over the ocean watching all of this take place, which I thought was pretty cool. You get that long shot of the two ships. You didn't see that? Yes. I was going to say, if you didn't see that, you must have had your eyes closed. There's also another good look at the trailing Black Pearl from the view of the Interceptor's stern. And what's detailed about it is really this unnatural fog idea. So Heather stole my thunder yesterday, but in multiple shots across the past few minutes, we do see fog following the pearl. It's all billowing about it. Exactly. On both sides of it. Yeah, it's like like a giant fog. Like it almost has arms and it's going to grab the interceptor and pull it in. This isn't the fog minute. Adrian Barbeau is going to come running out of the fog. Barbeau? Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbosa. Ah! <laughs> That's just a... <laughs> I got some I don't know who Adrian Barbeau is. Get the hell out of here. Really? Walk the plank. Oh, you'd probably know her if you saw her. her? That's why the fog. Adrian Barbeau. 80s. 80s kind of icon. B-movie icon. Okay. She was in the fog. That's why I made that reference. And that's why I connected both the names. Adrian Barbosa. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Yet, it just goes flat. Yeah, no kidding. Not only do our scallywag heroes see the Jolly Roger, and this is getting back on point after my falling flat Adrian Barbeau Barbosa joke, because Heather doesn't know who Adrian Barbeau was, and she actually thought it was a man. 
informing them that the pirate fight to come because of the Jolly Roger. But then there's the crazy fog, and it just adds this intimidation factor and robustness of the curse. So I just can't help but think that those heathen Aztec gods really do know how to conjure up a curse. Yes, they do, actually. Right? Yeah. You got skeleton pirates or skeleton anybody who would take it, and then the fog that rolls in with it. You are pretty much a badass now. And then the pearl is just in disrepair. Yeah, and it's still sailing. And yet it's and... sailing faster than the Interceptor. Yeah, Jack should... I mean, the Pearl is good and all, but Jack should take the Interceptor. At least it's been kept up. He's got a lot of repairs to do on that Black Pearl. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for one but thing, the needs Black to get Pearl's him some faster. It is. And ima- I guess imagine how fast it would be if it was actually kept up. Imagine if it had real sails on that. That thing would just be like a lightning bolt across the ocean. Exactly. They didn't get to him like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe they need to think about that. Get some new sails on that. That thing would be go speeding by you. You'd never even know what was going on. Nope. Speaking of the supernatural, something did catch my eye when we see the supernatural-like. Pan- yeah, supernatural-like is the panoramic shot of the two ships, and what I'm talking about is the flags. The flags on these ships. Okay. On both of them. Are they pointing in the wrong direction? I didn't the think flag- so. The ships are moving right. Yeah. Forward, and the flags are, are flying behind them. Behind them. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, the wind is blowing the flag like this. What's blowing the ship then? What, you have flag wind and you have sail wind? <laughs> Their wait, mind just wait, exploded. wait, 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 <laughs> Your sails opened up. The wind's blowing the, the sails. The wind's blowing it to the sail. Yeah, pushing the... And the, and the boat boat's goes, going forward. Yeah. The wind's going into the sail, pushing the sail forward. The boat's going forward this way. <laughs> the flag's flowing this way. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but the flag is way above, like on the jolly. So Listen, <laughs> Heather's ship. Her mast is so tall; it's actually in the jet stream. You're so not listening. It flows a completely different direction than the wind the on the earth. The speed of the boat is stronger for that flag that's just sitting flat. So you're telling me that the ship is going faster than the wind. Yes. A wind-powered boat is going faster than the wind. Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like I said, supernatural. (laughs) Heather is actually trying to calculate this in her head. She actually was using her arms and her hands and boats (laughs) and sails here trying to figure this out. I'm not actually sure either, so I, I'm making fun of her. But I was thinking that if they were being powered by wind, the flag should be pointing in a different direction. Not necessarily straight back like a boat with a motor. So my idea was, is you know, if it's being powered by wind and there's also a motor, for instance, then yeah. it could be going faster than the wind. And then maybe that would cause the flags then to fly the other way. And I admit I'm a little unsure of this perspective, in this particular shot, maybe the flags are not really flying straight back, but maybe they're off to one side a bit, and then thus I could be totally wrong. So I actually had to pull up the all-powerful internet that I talked about earlier. It really is an amazing thing. And I was hoping for a black and white answer. I wish it was so freaking easy. Just something I could just say, here you go, one sentence, now I understand. That's all I wanted. That's what I was hopeful for, but it quickly threw me into all kinds of stuff. A lot of these discussions were actually being debated by ship model makers trying to decide where to position the flags on their ships. 
In my internet travels, I did come upon a movie error on IMDb listing this particular scene as an official error, supposedly. I mean, I guess they're being edited by whoever. And here's what it said. When the Pearl is chasing the Interceptor, both ships go full wind. Therefore, flags on both ships are flown back as though the ships are propelled by something other than the wind. When a ship is driven by the wind, the flags will be flown in the direction of the wind, which in full wind will be from stern to bow. That would just look weird. I know it'll look weird, but just hold on. I got more. We got more. Don't worry. If the ship is on a dead run, and this is where I found additional information, so this is not part of the IMDB error thing. If the ship is on a dead run and is powered only by sails, the sail is going to be blown towards the bow. And a dead run means traveling in the exact same direction as the wind. Any other angle than, say, directly with the wind, and then things change. So a boat sailing on a dead run cannot sail faster than the wind. The faster the boat goes, the lower the apparent wind speed. If the boat isn't sailing on a dead run, then it's possible for the boat to go faster than the wind speed relative to land. If it's tacking, then things get even a lot trickier for the flag. So ships don't always go before the wind. In fact, more often they don't. Usually the wind would be coming from port or starboard, and the ship would be on a port or starboard track. So in that case, the flags would be pointing in a different direction or a direction that is off to the side, not necessarily just say straight forward or backward, but it would be off to the side. And that's why I was saying stuff about perspective, because I don't know if they're semi pointing backwards, but off to one side. That's where I couldn't really make things out in the film. So the actual direction would be a bit more aft from the wind direction because the ship is moving forward. But it also, in this particular scene, looks like the Jolly Roger on the Pearl stops waving at one point. It kind of just goes limp. And I don't know if you caught that. It's just for a little bit. It's like it stops stops flying and kind of goes, drops, and then it picks back up. Well, the wind stopped for a second. <laughs> I didn't see the sail. Well, it is hard to tell with the Black Pearl because the sails are pretty tattered. Yeah. So basically what I found is it wasn't a straightforward answer. But now we are jumping full into sailing talk, which I wager to guess we are not experts in any <laughs> of that. Not, not even close. What do you mean not even close? I am almost expert-like, but not expert enough to be able to answer this question. And pretty much I think I broke my brain trying to look at that, right? But it it's hard to say from the perspective of the shot if those flags are flying straight back or if they are off to the side but and pointed back a bit. I don't know. Exactly. It's hard to say that they maybe weren't powered exactly by wind there as possible. No. But that was what I just caught. That caught my eyes a little weird because of what I just said. And then I don't even know if I'm right or wrong because I am not a sailing expert. Heather's definitely not a sailing expert. Anybody that starts to use their hands as boats to try and figure this out, we know we're in deep trouble. I was making wind and... (laughs) Maybe we should move on to something more our style. What do you think? Probably. Because I don't know if we're ever going to be able to solve this. Because I looked at a lot of pictures of yachts and boats and ships trying to figure this out. And could never really get one at the right angle. I didn't know if are they sailing into the wind or not. But then it has to do with the way some of the sails are positioned and they're tacking. And yeah, it creates a whole different idea of where these flags should be. So I pretty much abandoned that. And I'm hoping somebody out there can just fill us in on that. Take a look at the minute. Minute 84, and if you have an answer, let us know, and then we'll go ahead and discuss that. But it just thought it looked weird because they did look as they were almost pointing backwards when they were trailing each other. 
Yeah, the, the ship's just yeah. going faster than the wind. Exactly. Powered by motorboat. <laughs> so maybe, like I said, we should just move on to something that really is more our style. And I yeah. do have something that could take that. What? Take us to that. And it's a dancing pirate. <laughs> so sailing calculations and wind and all that or dancing pirate. Dancing pirate. Dancing pirate it is. Not just a dancing pirate, but a cursed dancing pirate. Did you know that there was a cursed dancing pirate in this minute? I did not. That's, you know, this is exactly why you're here is to do a minute by minute breakdown. And for you to miss such an obvious small detail like this (laughs) is ridiculous. I was concerned with Captain Monkey. Well, Captain Monkey too. And in fact, that is what I'm going to bring up. So when Barbosa and Captain Monkey are looking at the Interceptor now. Yeah. It's in their grasp, right? They're looking at the ship. Right. If you look closely on the deck towards the bow by the mast on the Black Pearl, you can see one of the cursed crew members dancing away. What, do you find some music? I don't know. This is probably the first time I ever noticed him. And or her. Well, actually, I did notice him, but I noticed that he was actually dancing as opposed to just, say, carrying out his duties or, you know, lugging some buckets or swabbing the deck or anything. It's actually doing like a little jig across the deck. <laughs> You have to check it out. I'm serious. I'll show you after the show then. <laughs> he does this little dance from the front and Barbosa and Are Captain Monkey. Are you sure Monkey, he's not mop- mopping? No, he's not. It actually looks like he's skipping to Lou, my darling, right there. <laughs> I swear. Maybe he's really excited that they're about to get the medallion back. And it does fit because it does seem like it's a Disney moment. And now that I think about it, it really does have to be a callback to like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And I can see him dancing to Kirk Douglas singing, It's a whale of a tail to tell you, lad. And he's a hopping whale across. Of a the, too. Yeah, and he's hopping across the deck. You got to see this. It's crazy. And Barbosa and the monkey then are kind of, that's when they're kind of squinting. They're like, What is going yeah. on here? Yeah, that's what it is. That's all Very I have because I don't have any details on it. But yeah, Cursed Dancing Pirate. You don't even know who it was? No, I couldn't. It was pretty blurry. Was it Boson? It wasn't Boson. It'd be kind of funny. If it, it was wasn't Bosun because actually, because I could, it looked like a white guy, Caucasian. Yeah, I said it. I needed to point it out. I profiled, I guess. I profiled the cursed crew just so I could try and figure it out, but I didn't. You had to bring it up now, didn't you? Or is it Rigetti? I couldn't see. It was blurry. You could barely see. I'm serious. You could really barely see what was going on there. But now that I think about it, I was using the monitor. I need to put it up on Blu-ray on the big screen. I think I was actually looking at. A DVD version of it. So maybe I need to pull it up on the big screen and then I'll report back. But yeah, very interesting. Dancing Pirate, what's his story? <laughs> what's he so happy about? That's what I'm saying. I think that he's either happy he's, about get, he's got uh, the song or the medallion's coming up. Yep. He's like, oh, I haven't killed anybody in a while. So he really needs to kill somebody. We're also getting quite a bit of pirate or nautical terms this week. Have you noticed that? Yes. That didn't sound real promising. That just sounded like a canned yes. Coming, Actually, that wasn't even Heather. From, I just hit the soundboard and it said yes. Coming from Gibbs and Barbosa. Yeah, well, I have two new ones to throw out that people might not be familiar with this time. Luff? No, not luff. The first is case shot. Do you case know what that shot. is? No, you don't. So of the many forms of artillery ammunition in general used during the 18th century, case shot was second only to the round shot. So case were anti-personnel projectiles carrying a smaller burst charge than shell, but designed to be more effective against exposed troops. So while shell produced only a few large fragments, 
case was loaded with lead or iron balls and was designed to burst above and before the enemy line, say showering down many more small but destructive projectiles on the enemy, blasting the men basically with shrapnel. Kind of like a... um, It'd be like a hand grenade grenade. filled with steel balls. So it would burst and all these little steel balls would come out. Well, a hand grenade still shatters and... Yeah, because that's the shell. The shell does that. But this is actually little balls in there. So it'd be like a shotgun shell, basically. Like exploding. Yes. Didn't I just say that? What? You couldn't take what I had. You just had to keep going. <laughs> My God. I was explaining that I knew what you were talking about. I see now. So, case shots and... The second one I have is language. And that's scraps of metal used to fire at an enemy. It also refers to a kind of shot consisting of bolts, nails, and other just scraps of metal. Crushed glass. Okay, crushed glass if you want. <laughs> and it's fastened together or enclosed in a case, formerly used for damaging sails and rigging and sea battles. And the first recorded use of it is in 1760 or 1770. But I don't know if that's actually the first use of it as a weapon or if that was actually the term for the word that they first used it. Okay. So it's possible that... They were using the weapon and not this particular term. And that's when the term came up. So the interceptor is shooting all this small stuff. Yeah. Which is more damaging to humans. That's right. Than the big old cannons that the Black Pearl is shooting at the interceptor. Well, we don't have any. I didn't see anything being shot in this particular minute. Did you? Oh, I went too far. Sorry. You did. You dare you. Look what you just did to the audience. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. That the Black Pearl would be shooting. The Black Pearl would be shooting, say, cannonballs. Cannonballs at the and interceptor. the interceptor is looking to shoot more Because they threw out stuff. all their cannonballs. That's right, or majority of them. So they're going to be using whatever else. Whatever they have on Language. hand. Exactly, in case shot. So anti-personnel, which Elizabeth class. should be telling Gibbs, you know... Maybe that's not the best course of action, although that's all we have left, because these are immortal skeleton pirates. They need to sink the (laughs) ship to get out of here, or damage the ship if they were to go to battle. Does she know they're immortal? Yeah. She had a conversation with him. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was thinking... She's the only one. I was wondering if she actually physically saw it, but she didn't see Pentel get shot. She stabbed Barbosa in the chest. She stabbed Barbosa in the chest. You're right. You dang right I'm right. And when you're right, I don't you're know right. what happened there. Yeah. I just forgot everything except this one minute. Yeah, all of a sudden Heather's like, I'm just seeing this for the first time. <laughs> what is going on here? Why are those evil people chasing that nice little boat? Because she says boat. It's these allergies, they mess with my head. There's a lot of other things messing with your head. Oh, you know. That's all I got, though, and as far as I'm concerned, what better way to end an episode than to mention shrapnel and scraps of metal hailing down on an enemy? Of course you would find that the best way. Oh, the (laughs) humanity. Yeah, I got to end on that. But it wasn't real blood, though. It's just more interpretation because we haven't even gotten to fighting yet. It's just the idea. Of fighting? That skeletons are going to be a bit perturbed because they're going to have exploding pieces. Of whatever. Of whatever. Case shot. It'd be better to shoot cannonballs at the Black Pearl. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, Elizabeth. To take down the Black Pearl. Thank you. That's why Jack I'm... wouldn't be happy about that. That's Well, he wouldn't be happy, but they don't care what Jack thinks. But that's why I'm saying that in the beginning of this, Elizabeth, everybody's probably going, she needs a severe smackdown Barbosa style. 
She had us dump all our stuff. It didn't work. Now we got to use case shot. And they think, okay, that might be okay because if we can hit the personnel. But Elizabeth didn't fill them in, or maybe she did, that these are skeleton immortal pirates that can't be killed. They're just going to injure them. Yeah, just going to piss them off. Temporarily. It's going to piss them off. And then they're going to come at you. Yeah. There you go. All right, let's get out of here then. Okay. Now that we solved all those issues and now that we know exactly where the flag should be pointing on a ship, if it's just sitting there in dead calm, the flag will be drooping down, not waving. (laughs) That's about all I can tell you. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be back tomorrow with Minute 85 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, you know what to do. Keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. And get me my grog. Heather, no surprise to find you in the tavern with a tankard full of rum in your hand. What was that for? You said you were going to meet me at the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group hours ago. I was? Mother's love! Why'd you slap me again? That's for not reminding people how to contact us. Get to it, you filthy bilge rat! Man, I obviously get no respect around here. So Scallywags, thanks for listening. If you like the show... Give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy. It's that easy.